Good afternoon, hockey fans. Welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. It is Tuesday, September 10th, and uh, my goodness, the month is just cruising right along already. Thanks for being here. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. And of course, I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, the one and only, our editor-in-chief, our founder here at Rocket Sports Media, none other than Mr. Rick Stevens himself. Good afternoon. I'm happy to be here. Um, after uh, the first successful road trip uh, of the season, and moving to Belleville, Ontario. Beautiful Belleville, Ontario. It was a beautiful weekend in Belleville, Ontario. It was, uh, it was a treat traveling, particularly traveling to Canada to cover hockey, and weather was not an issue. <laughs> <laughs> not one bit. It was quite delightful, <laughs> the weather was. Uh, but you're right. We were uh, we were in Belleville this weekend for um, both of the Habs games and uh, one of the Ottawa-Winnipeg games. And uh, just a jam-packed weekend. Good hockey. Season's officially begun again. It, I mean, it's just, it was very, it was very exciting. Very, very exciting. And it's it's uh, a good hockey, as you say, uh, but also it's a a chance to reconnect with uh, the hockey world, um, mm-hmm. seeing fans there, and and uh, certainly there were plenty of Canadians uh, fans uh, uh, were. at the CAA arena, um, uh, but also uh, seeing um, scouts and and NHL executives and officials and and uh just just about everybody uh, uh was there because uh, it's a perfect opportunity especially for the scouts to uh, mm-hmm. take a look um uh, at uh both both in places like Belleville and and Buffalo and and Traverse City um uh the the scouts particularly the, the pro scouts are uh, are starting to make their notes for the season um about uh and keeping an eye on. Um, so it was good to see uh, an arena full of uh, familiar faces. It was. It was. Uh, it was kind of like, gee, weren't weren't we all just in a rink just a couple of minutes ago? The summer went by so fast. But uh, good to reconnect with all those folks. That's for sure. Uh, so we will. Uh, that is. That's really uh, today. We want to, before. Uh, Montreal really gets uh, kind of shifted into high gear with with training camp proper. Uh, now that the rookie part of the camp is kind of winding down, uh, that's really where we're going to spend the bulk of today's show. We want to break down for you uh, the game analysis, our scouting reports from the weekend, uh, who impressed, who didn't, um, and and the things that we observed. Because sure, uh, perhaps you were able to catch one of the feeds. Um, of the games online, but it's, it's a totally different thing when you can, when you can really watch what's happening behind the play, uh, when you can watch what's happening on the bench. And of course we did uh, speak to a number of players and uh, coach Joel Bouchard a couple times this weekend. So we have some audio. Uh, some of it is exclusive audio that you won't hear any of it anywhere else um, that we have to play for you. So we're going to spend plenty of time just breaking down our experience and what we saw and, and took in at the at the rookie showcase this weekend. Uh, and then in our second segment, we're just going to give you a little kind of sneak peek. At the same time, while that was happening, uh, the Flyers rookie camp 
started. Um, they've been hard at work in Voorhees at the skate zone all weekend long. So we're going to get, going to give you just a couple of, uh, you know, names that really, uh, stood out, whether they were expected to or not, and give you a preview of our coverage of tomorrow night's Flyers Islanders rookie game. Um, that's coming up later in the show. It's going to be a good one. Absolutely. Um, so Belleville, what, and I should say this was, uh, the AHL reports first visit to Belleville. Um, it's a great little arena. They've really done a nice job with the renovations. It's, it's a small rink, um, but very open and inviting and, um, and, and kind of freshened up and, and things like that. So, uh, it was, it was great to get to visit the home of the Belleville senators, uh, for the first time. And, uh, Rick, we got there in time to take in the Ottawa Winnipeg game on Friday night, which was the first one of the tournament. And, um, well, let's just say the home team kind of put their stamp on things <laughs> right away in that first night. <laughs> it was a um, a competitive first period, um, mm-hmm. and uh, the Winnipeg Jets uh, came out hitting. Pascal Vincent uh, um, uh, had his had every player on the team committed to uh, taking the body, and uh, so the the Jets certainly slowed down the Senators. Uh, in the first period, and it was tied uh, after one. The, the Senators took over in in the second period, and and it's a simple fact of um, I think uh, goaltending was certainly an issue on on the Winnipeg yeah. side, and uh, with Ottawa having uh, a little bit more talent uh, in their lineup uh, than uh, the Winnipeg Jets did, and uh, and it was as you said, quite one sided. Absolutely. Um, And it was interesting to see, you know, you might be thinking, okay, well, that's Ottawa and Winnipeg. um, You know, how does, how does that really affect things for the Habs? Well, it was a really good way seeing as Montreal was going to be playing both of those teams uh, back to back on the next two nights. It was a good way to kind of get an early scouting of, of who to look out for. Um, Philip Gustafson was great uh, in goal and of course, there's for this is for Ottawa, of course, um, you know, guys like Logan Brown uh, really looking to make uh, an NHL roster spot this year, uh, as well as uh, Drake Batherson. Um, <laughs> he had a he had a couple of assists, a couple of a couple of breakaways in that game. <laughs> he was uh, he was kind of all over the place there. Um and and some other guys that that really stood out. Uh, Eric Brandstrom on defense was okay. He's a you know one of those names that you might recognize, um, and uh, was out there making his presence known for Winnipeg. At the other end, uh, as you say, goaltending was a was a bit shaky to be kind, um, but uh, getting a look at Christian Veselainen, uh, Villanola, uh, those kinds of guys uh, really really certainly were noticeable. Um, and yeah, w- perhaps Winnipeg's uh, depth right now at, at this level um, isn't as stacked as some other teams, but they do have, uh, they do have some guys who certainly need to be paid attention to. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's uh, Winnipeg had uh, a few years ago, the, uh, what was called the best prospect pool in the NHL. And, and mm-hmm. it just shows that when, once you dip into that pool, 
and you don't have uh, high high draft uh, choices uh, in the following years, that uh, it can slip. And and uh, but that's not to say um, that uh, that the Jets don't have talent here, as you said. Uh, Christian Veselainen, um probably their best player. David Gustafson, um, I, I like the way he played. Billy uh, yeah. Anola, uh, just uh, um, their their pick, their first round pick uh, at this uh, most recent draft, and and uh, a little bit um, slight and undersized, but boy, he moves the puck and and uh, has a knack of getting his point shot through. Um, and the other four Habs fans uh, to notice was Scott Walford, who um, yeah. was left unsigned by the the Canadians, became a, a free agent, and he is at the Winnipeg camp. And and in that um, mess that was was a lopsided affair, uh, an eight one loss uh, by the Jets. Uh, Scott Walford was a plus one, and the only Jet who was a plus. So um, that was that was uh, he he played fine. Um, as far as the, I, I, I like the ones that, that you mentioned, Drake Batherson, Alex Formanton too, the speedster, um, oh, yeah. a couple of breakaways, Josh Norris, uh, Logan Brown was the star of, of that game and, and wearing the C, uh, all, but the best player for, in my mind, for the uh, senators over the weekend was Vitaly Abramov. And, oh, um, absolutely. He was, he was superb. Um, so it 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 goes to show that yes, other other uh, teams have prospects too, and and um, lots of lots of talk about the Canadians and and their prospect pool, but um, it shouldn't take uh, other prospects or prospect pools for for granted here. Most definitely not. And Vitaly Abramov, who you, whom you just mentioned, playing for the Ottawa Senators, certainly showed his medal on. Um, Saturday night when the Canadians played their first game of the tournament and they played against Ottawa. Um, Quite frankly, the Canadians would probably like to forget the first period of that game as quickly as they can. Um, Ottawa completely dominated the puck. The Habs, the Habs rookies just, I don't know if it was nerves. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but puck control and puck handling were absolutely abysmal. Uh, they could not hold on to the puck and, and Ottawa seized on that right away. Um, one of the few guys that stood out uh, in that game, and we'll talk a little bit about him here shortly would be, uh, would be Otto Leskinen for, for the Canadians. In fact, he had one of the best um, shooting attempts uh, in the first period, but, Abramov went on to score a hat trick uh, in this game against the Canadians. Uh, they did lose this one four to two. Um, they, you know, tried to turn things around in the second and third period, but Ottawa was just too strong for them. Um, defenseman Josh Brook had a really tough night, a really tough night. Uh, and in fact, uh, had a bad turnover below the goal line, a uh, little giveaway that ended up in the back of uh, back of the net past Caden Primo. So um, not the greatest first outing, Rick, uh, for, for Josh Brook and the, and the, and the Canadians rookies. No, and it, it could have been much worse, uh, particularly that first period. It was uh, for 10 minutes, uh, Ottawa kind of controlled the play and it was Caden Primo in, in mm-hmm. goal who um, kept the Canadians in it. Uh, he really, the only reason they were, were in this game and had a, 
had a chance. And um, as you said, Josh Brook and, and my, my criticism of Josh last year is it would, was the same as it was in this game. And, and actually over the weekend, um, he can be overly aggressive and he puts himself out, out of, in a vulnerable position sometime, out of position mm-hmm. other times. Um, he was giving the puck away. He, he, he had, he was trying too hard. He was clearly trying too hard on the opposite end. You had Dale Flurry, who was calm, poised, um, taking his time. Um, and, uh, he looked very, very good. Um, and, uh, for me, the two defensemen, um, who, uh, Sean all weekend uh, were Kale Fleury and uh, Otto Leskinen. Otto Leskinen is a is a hockey player. He yes he is. Um, he mixes it up. He's uh, uh, a good skater. He's um, especially uh, an especially good skater. Um, he knows how to handle his stick. He can get the uh, a puck through. He's a, a great passer. Um, and I, I, there, and he knows when to when to create offense. Uh, uh, there was a pinch uh, where he created a, a chance. Unfortunately, um, the Canadian forwards didn't cover for him, creating mm-hmm. a three-on-one uh, situation. This was against the uh, Winnipeg Jets, and um, it was uh, just one defenseman back, and that was York for. Um, uh, for Montreal, but it was Otto Leskinen that skated the length of the ice and broke up the three-on-one coming back after being uh, behind the net. It was uh, that was kind of a telling play for me that why wow, this this guy is is something special. Well, despite the fact that uh, they they were outplayed and did lose that game, it was their first game together. Uh, so so maybe some struggles were to be anticipated. Uh, we spoke to Joel Bouchard after that game and just kind of ticked off an, a few names of players and and asked his opinion on on how he thought they performed. Uh, the first two of which we asked about were Kale Fleury and Otto Leskinen. Uh, and and this is what Joel Bouchard told us about their performances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like Kel. I think he's even better than that. But I like what he's where he is now from a year ago. I like um I really like Otto. I like Otto Blasters, so they did it good. It's growing, it's experience, it's getting together and I think my brother was really good for a young guy coming in the tournament too. Uh Jake was he was solid. Um, he did a lot of good things that uh, we didn't try to help him young guys and uh, think he's, uh, he's progressing nicely. You heard there at the end, Joel Boucher, I, I asked uh, his thoughts on Jake Evans, and he was very impressed with Jake Evans uh, and, and mentioned, Rick, uh, that he likes that he seemed to be helping out the young guys, which is kind of <laughs> kind of ironic since Jake's still pretty a pretty young guy himself. Um, but you heard, you heard Joel Bouchard there say, yes, uh, like Kale Fleury a lot, like how he's coming along, uh, was impressed with Otto Leskin and, uh, and, and really likes Jake Evans progression. So uh, despite the loss, some, some positive words from, from the coach on those three young players. So um, for the two games that the Canadians played, my top five, my, the, the top five players that, that uh, impressed me were, 
uh, Caden Primo, and, and I've talked about the defense already, Kale Fleury and Otto Leskin. And up front, it was Ryan Paling and Jake Evans. Jake Evans, yeah. uh, Jake Evans looks different uh, than he did mm-hmm. last season. And we remember that, that uh, Jake got knocked around a bit and uh, had uh, some injury problems last year. He's put on a lot of uh, bulk, a lot of muscle, um, and he looks like a different player on the ice. Uh, he's he improved does. his skating. His his uh, his skating is better. Uh, his his uh, he's a, a much more solid player. And uh, what you notice is is um, his leadership. Um, he was the first player on the ice as they were coming out of the gate. Um, in, in for for uh, warm-ups or or for the game uh for practice he he is showing himself as a leader and I, I guess it shouldn't be a surprise because he wore the c in in notre dame his last year uh mm-hmm. but he's he's acting like a leader he's talking like a leader and uh I, it was a real noticeable change for uh, jake evans uh for me who's looking to put his stamp on on uh at the Laval Rocket this season. Well, that's the interesting thing. You know, uh, when when we spoke with Jake Evans after that game, you know, talking about, okay, what are the things that you feel you need to do to come into camp to really make a good impression and, and those types of things. And, and while most players will say, okay, well, I need to, you know, uh, show that I'm playing well defensively. I need to be able to finish, you know, I need to be able to have, have good finish. I need to have good net front present, whatever, whatever hockey skill it is that they feel that they need to display really well. Jake Evans had a different kind of answer, which I was, I was pleasantly surprised to hear and and goes to just what you were saying, Rick, is that he's, he's already at such a young age starting to take on a leadership mindset. And uh, this is what Jake Evans told us. Um, I mean, I think the, the first thing for me is just being a leader, and, and, and uh, man, there's a lot of guys here that uh, play juniors in the past, so they, they aren't really used to the pro game, so just helping them out is a big thing for me, and then also showing that uh, I've grown from last year, and, and uh, like I said, all the little things, and then, uh, yeah, I think those are the two big things for me. Two biggest things, first and foremost, wanting to be a good leader. That's his goal for, for camp and showing that he can be a good leader. I was really, really impressed with that. At 23 years old, uh, he, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, uh, he, he was very mature. Um, he was very all business. Um, and uh, in, in addition to the, the physical changes, uh, he's, uh, he's a new player so far uh, this year. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, now, the, the of course, all of the focus and attention was on uh, the center and right wing on the top line. That would be Ryan Paling and Nick Suzuki. And plenty of attention also on the left wing, left wing uh, player who joined them on that line, Rafael Harvey Pinard, um, which I'm sure we'll, we'll chat about with him a little bit here in a moment. But after that first game, uh, Paling was asked, uh, so, okay. Talk about, talk about that top line. How did you guys feel? How was your chemistry? I liked him a lot. I thought we played well. I mean, it took a little bit to get some chemistry going, but once we did it, uh, felt just smooth. I mean, like, you know where they're going to be and stuff. We had a lot of chances. Like, I got to score that one on the power play, and we just had a lot of uh, scrambles in front that could have gone in. So, I was happy with the way we played tonight. Can't, 
can't say anything else. Now, of course, Ryan Paling and Nick Suzuki, as I said, are probably two of the most high-profile prospects heading uh, at at this age uh, from the rookie camp and, and looking to potentially crack the roster in Montreal's training camp. So what do the two of them think about the other and playing together? Well, first, uh, Paling was asked, what's it like playing with Nick Suzuki? Yeah, love playing with them. I think we kind of have similar styles in the fact we're both smart players and I mean, we're playmakers and we can both put it in the back of the net. So it's, it's fun to play with them. I hope we can continue to do that, to do that throughout camp and even maybe in main camp. And on the flip side of that, Nick Suzuki was asked, okay, hey, what's it like having uh, Ryan Paling at your center? I think his hands and uh, just the, the quickness, quickness that he plays with. And uh, you, you see he got around a few defenders really easily. And uh, just the, the vision, too. We were both uh, seeing each other out there. And it was a lot of fun to play with that. So, Rick, it's it's pretty obvious that these two like each other. They have great chemistry together. They look for each other a lot on the ice. Uh, and as Paling says, he's, he's hoping that they're going to stay on a line together even through uh, main training camp with the Canadians. Um, what what were your thoughts on on Paling and Suzuki independently, but also playing together on the same line? Well, Ryan Paling, as I said, one of my top five uh, for the weekend. Uh, he was playing at a top level, um, at at a, at a level higher than than uh, most of his teammates, um, and. Uh, what Nick Suzuki said um, w- mentioned his vision, and and that's what yep. I think um, really stood out is the fact that Ryan Paling is a playmaker, um, uh, but but it's that uh, elite vision that allows him to uh, put a, a puck on on the tape uh, with authority, um, and his his passes all weekend to. Um, whoever it was, whether it was Suzuki and sometimes Leskinen and, and um, Harvey Pinard and um, they were, they were there, they were through traffic. They Mm -hmm. were pinpoint passes. Uh, They, they were um, uh, in a position that allowed uh, the receiver to be in a shooting position. Um, uh, He was, he was very, very good. Um, He was, he was competitive. Um, he, I, I thought that uh, Ryan Paling had a had a very good weekend, and there was a bit of a, a scare there when uh, Pluff yeah. tried to the defenseman tried to uh, Dylan Pluff uh, tried to uh, he was going for a breakout pass and didn't see I, I guess uh, Ryan Paling at short range in front of him and just rang um, a, a, a pass right off uh, Paling's ankle and. And um, it took uh, some time for him to kind of shake that off, and um, and but he se- he seemed uh, he seemed okay after that. Nick Suzuki uh, also um, had a bit of a scare in a knee on knee hit uh, that didn't look good, but uh, he didn't seem none worse for the wear. And I'd have to say with Nick that that he wasn't one of my to- top players, and that's. I, I, he plays a, a, a slower game. He, he slows things down, um, but um, I, I didn't see him engaging um, as much uh, over the weekend. Still um, very talented, uh, great playmaker, uh, but just didn't seem to be at that uh, invested enough uh, to, to get one of my top picks. 
Well, and it's interesting that you talk about the two almost scary, kind of scary situations there, because last week on this show, we, we mentioned that, hey, don't forget, these, these games are more than just exhibition games. These guys are all starting to compete. Um, and last year, there were some very serious injuries that happened to some of the Habs prospects uh, during the rookie tournament. And uh, we were saying last week, we, you know, fingers crossed, let's, let's get out of the weekend without any injuries. Um, and two kind of, oh, goodness, moments uh, for the two top prospects. But uh, as you say, Suzuki seemed to, to get up okay uh, after, after the hit on him. Uh, I happened to be down taking uh, still photography right in the corner where Plouffe fired that puck off of uh, Paling's right ankle. And, and it did, I, he kept every time there was a stoppage for the next couple of whistles after that, he would just kind of rotate that ankle trying to, trying to shake that off, but seemed to be okay. So dodged, dodged one there kind of, whew. Good thing. Um, so the next night, as and these these things both happened on on the second night when uh, the Canadians then were coming in to play the Winnipeg Jets. So both teams are coming in with a loss. The Winnipeg Jets having lost eight to one to Ottawa on um, Friday night, and the the Canadians having lost four to two uh, on Saturday night. So Sunday, the Jets and uh, the Canadians take take each other on. And Rick, it was a it was a it was a different kind of game. Um, the Canadians seemed to have a little more organization, but the Jets came out really strong again, uh, playing really aggressively again. Um, and uh, they were they were able to get on the board first. But there was in, in this game there was no big kind of breakout. The whole the whole game was pretty pretty tightly played. Um, Alexandra Lan ended up being scoring the the only goal for for the Canadians. Uh, they did drop this this game two to one to the Jets, um, but they seemed to be like the energy the energy wasn't there, but they just seemed to be really disorganized. Um, and and yes, we understand, of course, uh, they're they're just starting to play together. They've only had a handful of practices, but uh, they're just seemed to be, as you spoke about with Josh Brooks sometimes tries to do too much, it seemed like everyone was trying to do too much uh, and nothing was coming together. Well, it was, yeah, the, the opening period was, uh, was fairly even. And uh, there was a goal on, on uh, for either, for, for each team. Um, second period was, was Canadians. They, uh, they outshot the Jets nine, three, um, However, it was the Jets uh, that scored and and took the uh, the 2-1 lead into the third, and that seemed to just take the life right out of uh, Montreal. Jets yeah. dominated the third period. Um, it was uh, the shots were 8-2 for the Jets, trailing um, just by a goal, and uh, the Canadians could could muster nothing in the third period. Uh, just two shots. Uh, Joe Bouchard for the third period. Uh, split up that line, that uh, uh, paling Suzuki line, and uh, he got nothing. He got, he got absolutely nothing out of it, no. out of that little experiment. Um, and uh, and the, the the Canadians went down to uh, lose, uh, and and came away with the only team of this uh, short little rookie uh, tournament 
the Canadians were the only team to go winless uh, in the tournament. Well, I'm sure there was a good reason, right? Oh, there's fact, always a good reason. There's always a good reason. Well, uh, again, we spoke with Joel Bouchard after the game, and of course, that was that was that was a question. Okay, um, you know that's that's two games, two losses. We know it's just a rookie showcase, but but what do you take from that? What do you what are what are you concerned about? Um, and essentially, the answer that that we received was, it, well, it was just simply that they were tired. Yeah, I think that the game's challenging you when you get in back-to-back situation. Obviously, younger guy, weaker player, uh, physically, um, you know, to be 18 and to be 21, 22, it's different, obviously. And uh, I think it's a real check in the mental part of it. it it's been a, a, a good week with tests and everything. And back to back for us, playing a fresh team today. Yesterday's game was high pace. So uh, you could tell today some guys were tired, which is normal. And it was expected before the game. It was expected before the game. Now, okay, I realize the season hasn't started yet. I realize we're just coming off of the summer. But if you're 18 years old, and you can't play back-to-back games because it makes you mentally tired, I think there's bigger issues to take a look at. Um, well, I, listen, I just... um, <laughs> it's, it's training camp, um, and everybody's in training. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, I forgot a belt at home. Um, I did. Um, it, it normally would have packed it. Uh, and 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 Joel Bouchard forgot his quotes at home. That was silly. That was that was. He's in training. Um, yes, uh, but but his answer made absolutely no sense. And and um, yeah. So we'll, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt that it's it's training camp because okay. otherwise, that was uh, that was that was uh, the coach was not at his best in that particular moment. Uh, no. And I mean, okay, I understand that for rookies, particularly mentally, sure, it's it's challenging because not only are they they're playing in a new pace, they're pay, they're but they've got the pressure of, okay, I'm trying to compete to get noticed. And I, so I understand. Sure. Mentally, I'm sure it's very challenging. But to say that that's why they lost the second game against a team that had had a day. All, I mean, come on. Give, give these guys a little bit more credit. Um, and, and if we're talking about being tired, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the Canadians um, uh, were the team who played the fewest games, uh, both, both uh, Winnipeg and Ottawa played three games, the Canadians just two. Um, so, it, it, you know, the, the answer made zero sense uh, to say that they, they are, he mentioned they were young, and, and he mentioned that they're tired. I mean, um, I know last season it was kind of his go-to answer that they were the yeah. youngest team in the universe, but uh, you can't really you can't really use that excuse at a rookie tournament. At a rookie so tournament. he was only left with he couldn't say they were the youngest <laughs> team at the rookie tournament, uh, so he was just left with that they were tired. Well, and uh, you did mention that Ottawa and Winnipeg played an additional game and that is true Monday night uh, just to maximize the, the time that Winnipeg 
um, had taken to fly in for this. Uh, Ottawa and Winnipeg played again on Monday night, uh, their first game that uh, Ottawa won eight to one. This time, Ottawa won two to one in overtime. So that meant that the Canadians walked away without a win in this tournament, and the Senators walked away undefeated in this tournament. Um, and some people, so okay, so we so we've kind of dispelled the let's not let's not go too far down the they're really mentally tired and and this was a lot to play back to back games uh pier let's not let's not go too far down that pier let's also though rick i the other excuse we've been hearing circulating on on the internet is well hey but wait not all of montreal's prospects were there so <laughs> this one is this one is beyond dumb, and and I thought, okay, okay, it's uh, it's coming from fans, and and um, you know they don't understand what this tournament's about, and and uh, but my goodness, it, there's a fellow who wants you to pay for for his uh, analysis, and that's that's the excuse he's using. Well, they didn't have all their yes. Well, uh, you know what? That rule does not only apply to the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Winnipeg didn't have their European prospects. They didn't have their NCAA prospects. Ottawa didn't have their NCAA prospects or the European prospects there. Nope. Um, yes, the three teams, uh, each of the three teams didn't have all of their prospects were there. And, and it uh, probably one of the dumber excuses uh, I've heard. Uh, so uh, I, there's, there's a different way to look at this. And that is that, okay, there was all this hype. One person came out and said that the Montreal Canadiens have the top prospect pool in um, the league. And, and that guy is uh, pretty darn good friends uh, with Mark Bergevin. Um, so, you know, ascribe your own motives to that. Do Montreal Canadiens have a good prospect pool? Yes. And I think, yeah. that, you know, that the, the, the folks that, that, that actually know what they're talking about think that Montreal's in the, you know, maybe they have the seventh best prospect pool, the 10th best prospect pool, but if that means that other teams have pretty good prospect pools too. And mm-hmm. I know that I know Canadians fans love to hate on the, the senators and, you know, there's lots of good reason there, but don't make the mistake of discounting this organization. They've, you know, their owner is, is, is done some things to bring some uh, negative light on the, the franchise, but this organization has very good young players. And yes, if you don't do. give them their, their due, give them their respect. Uh, they're going to make you look silly. Uh, Drake Batherson is a good player. Alex Formanton, Logan Brown, uh, Abramov. We've talked about Gustafson and net. Uh, they've got some very good young players and good young players on their on their NHL roster too. So um, I think the lesson of, uh, is it a big deal that the Canadians didn't win a game? Not really. Um, no. But, but it, it, it reinforces um, the fact that um, other teams have good prospects too. The other thing it reinforces, other teams have exceptionally good coaching staff. Pascal Vincent is a very good coach. Um, uh, for for Winnipeg, for Winnipeg, um, yeah. And and you look at that that Ottawa bench. Um, there's there's a lot of uh, talented coaches uh, uh, there as well. So um, 
and that makes a difference. Uh, that that really makes a difference. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it, get away from these silly excuses and 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 kind of understand what what uh, is happening there. And I, you know, as you say, don't let your, particularly when you're talking about Ottawa and their prospects, don't take them for granted. Ottawa, as you as you mentioned, has a very strong prospect pool. And guess what? Let's not forget, in Belleville's inaugural season, they were horrid. Uh, I think they finished close to, to bottom of the league their inaugural season. They turned things around last year. Um. And Logan Brown was part of that. And Drake Batherson was part of that. Um, and, and you saw them really, I mean, there was a lot of talk. Are they going to make the playoffs? Are they going to make a push? Are they, there was a big jump from year one to year two. I think their jump is going to come again this year. And for Montreal Canadiens fans and Laval Rocket fans, let's not forget Laval plays Belleville 12 times, 12. This is not a team or a prospect pool, a prospect pool that, that you want to take for granted because uh, they're going to make you pay for it. And I think, you know, the, the games between those two teams, as you say, that rivalry has kind of really churned up, particularly at the AHL level since geographically they're very close together and they see each other so often things tend to get a little chippy. I, I think that games between the, the Belleville Senators and the Laval Rocket are going to be very intense this year. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that while, while Laval will, will have some, um, some big power on their team, Belleville is going to, to not be sitting back and taking things lightly. So lots of good prospects out there. Lots of good prospects. Montreal does have some. Montreal does have have good prospects Very coming good. through the farm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, really excited to see what some of these young players are going to be able to do. Um, but just don't forget, there's a bunch of other teams that have some really really deep talent as well. Um, so, be, before we, like I got I got the memo. You got the memo. We all got the memo. Yeah. Um, there's Which memo? There, we're, we're, there, the memo that <laughs> that there's a player that we have to talk about. Uh, there's a player oh. that we have to promote. There's a player oh, that we have to pump it. the tires of. Uh, yes, I've got it, the memos right here. There's only one that person that you can talk about this preseason, and we haven't done that yet. I guess you can say save the best for last, right? I'm sure we'll go with that. Could be that I just toss my memo out <laughs> well if you it's it's funny because if you look around and and yes there's in in montreal media is there group think of course there's group think and much of it is directed uh but um the player that um is being hyped um this season it, it kind of reminds me of last year's connor lacuve you know mm-hmm. um uh, and and mm-hmm. nothing against Connor Lacouve. He's a no. fine, mediocre ECHL goaltender. Um, uh, who, and a great who played a couple of and, nights yeah. with a great attitude. And what did Joel Bouchard say about him? I want him on my beer league team. Right? He'll do yeah. anything for he'll you. He'll do it. You know, even if, even if it's beer league, he'll hop in the car and he'll be there for you. 
Right. He'll do anything for and and uh, so Joel Bouchard has his beer league guy. They should, no, I'm I'm not saying he belongs in the beer. Don't don't get me wrong here. I'm not I'm not denigrating him that way. I'm saying you, he, he has his player who will do anything for him. Right. Um, and that player is Raphael Harvey Pinard this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've been on social media, if you've read other websites. It's Raphael Harvey Pinard all day He's long. He's apparently the second coming of Christ. For last he is I the heard. media darling. Um, there was a few, oh, it was a number of years ago now. The the whole training camp was about Raphael, another Raphael, Raphael Diaz, yes. uh, who was the next next coming of uh, who, who was the replacement for Andre Markov, and and mm-hmm. that fizzled. Um, who is a Raphael Harvey Pinard? Um, he he um if you if you didn't stay right till the end of the draft <laughs> um <laughs> you missed him he was taken yeah. by the montreal canadians uh they traded with the flyers to get a the seventh round pick uh this has kind of been back and forth you know this seventh round pick uh the last few years right is it four years in a row between the flyers and the canadians like it it doesn't matter it's like hot potato anyway. who wants to pick in the seventh round uh, so uh, Raphael um, uh, Harvey Pinard uh, was in his third year of draft eligibility this year, been passed over the last two years, and he was. It was getting near the end of the draft, um, and it was the Canadians who came to uh, the, where this played the the role of the savior here. He was taken in the seventh round, 201st overall. Um, He's a 20-year-old, um, uh, played for the Huskies last year. I wore the C, actually. This year, uh, he'll play in the queue again for Shakutami, or as, as an overager, that's where he's scheduled to go, 20 years old. Um, but um, for whatever reason, I guess, you know, partly is it because um, Mark Bergevin needs a lot of good press right now because he did nothing to <laughs> – very little to help the team – um, so the spin now is that look at this bargain uh, that Mark Bergevin uh, picked out of the seventh round, uh, this uh, homegrown player um, and uh, Quebec-born player. He's going to be he's going to be amazing. And in during the rookie tournament, um, you have a first round choice um, in uh, Ryan Paling at Avastin round. Choice. It's in, in Suzuki and um, uh, sorry, Nick Suzuki was a first round choice, uh, both first round choices. And you have a seventh mm-hmm. round choice um, on the wing. Um, and, and that is uh, Raphael Harvey Pinard. And how did he do? Well, um, you know, if you they weren't watching the games or if you weren't in person, you thought he was amazing. Um yeah, he he, there he was Twitter. on. Uh, yeah, if you were on, he, there he was on the wing, and he looked like a seventh round choice playing with two first rounders. Um, what what is what is his what are his strengths? Okay, um, he's a guy with a big heart. He plays with he plays hard. He plays. He's got a good work ethic. He's got a good mm-hmm. compete level. Um, he's he'll go to the tough areas. He'll he'll. He'll mix it up. Um, he'll block shots for you. He's a very good uh, penalty killer. Um, but 
let's be honest, uh, at 5'9", 170, uh, you expect somebody with some speed and, and, and all skating, he has none of that. He's not a very good skater. Skating is, is his biggest weakness. Um, and he couldn't keep up with Suzuki and Paling. The other part of it is he's not a very skilled player, um, not at all. He doesn't have any kind of high-end skills. So when you have two elite playmakers in Paling and uh, Suzuki, uh, they were setting him up all over the place, and um, he wasn't able to finish. Um, so in the two games uh, that he played over the weekend, he had five shots, um, which looks good, but that's mostly mm. because of Suzuki and Paling feeding him the puck. And I have to say that none of those shots, uh, none of those five shots were threatening at all. Yet he got a goal. And, and that was because uh, Joy wow. Decor um, just misplayed, bobbled, bobbled the puck and it trickled through him. It and trickled it, through him. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a bad, a very bad goal. Um, okay, Harvey Pinard got a goal, but don't read the box score and do your evaluation. Uh, he, he, he looked way out of place. Um, like I say, a hard worker, uh, lots of heart, but no speed, no skill. Um, and, you, you know, maybe you want him on your fourth line at the AHL level and, um, and doing PK duty or whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, this, this is, this was just a marketing media driven story, uh, to have some good news, uh, spun out of the, the rookie camp. And, and, um, it's sad the way it's sad the way that that goes. Um, cause he's, you know, he's a good kid and, and, but even, even talking to the, the French media and, and they're, you know, under the breath, yes, he belongs in, um, in Shakutami this year, but you know, it's just a nice story. And, and but he should be. We expect him to be back in Shikudami. <laughs> um because the other part of it is, is this is this how you wanna spend your forty ninth contract? Well that's 50? just it. Um, You've I only got two so. contract spots left and And you need some flexibility during the season. Well and uh, in, in case no one's noticed, the forward core is a little crowded uh, in Montreal and in Laval already. Do you really need to add this guy? <laughs> yeah, it's it's um, you like guys with 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 heart. You like guys who work mm-hmm. hard. Um, and um, but uh, let's let's um, let's let them go. Um, back to to the queue and uh then see what happens uh after that. Well, and another thing, okay, Joel Bouchard wants to talk about how you know they they struggled particularly on Saturday the second of the, or Sunday, the second of the back-to-back games because they were tired um mentally, physically, what have you. Um you mentioned that Harvey Pinard had difficulty keeping up with Suzuki and and Paling. Um so I started watching um, one of the periods that I was down at at uh, at the glass taking photographs. Um, I I started just singling out Harvey Pinard and just watching him each shift, and for an entire period, without fail, for every shift, he was the first 
of his line to go off for a change. And, and it like, not like, Oh, he, he started to skate towards the bench and then Suzuki impaling follow. No, it was, he would go off to the bench to change Suzuki impaling would finish another, you know, maybe, maybe another full, you know, skate of the rink net to net, something like that before they changed. And it was, it was noticeable. Um, So this is a young man that's got conditioning that he needs to do. Um, And that's just at a rookie, that's just in a rookie game. Granted, yes, he's, he's playing with the two top prospects who have spent all summer working on their conditioning, um, trying to make the NHL roster, but thought that was a, just thought that was something interesting that caught my eye. Um, again, nothing, nothing against this young man or his abilities. It's just, it, come on. It, he's just not, <laughs> it's just not. And, and, realistic. and everyone likes a Cinderella story. And I made a big yes. deal about uh, him being a seventh round playing with two first rounders and, and, uh, draft or uh, draft pick order doesn't um, doesn't always predict um, uh, how things are going to turn out, but it's pretty rare for a seventh rounder to uh, make it to the NHL. Now, um, having said that, Jake Evans, who we we're talking about a little earlier, is also a seventh rounder. However, yeah. after he was um, uh, selected in the seventh round, that goes back to t- uh, 2014. Uh, Jake Evans spent four years at Notre Dame, uh, and he spent a year, his first year pro last year, with the Laval Rocket, um, improving and and working. And, and, um, uh, you know, now Jake Evans couldn't come to uh, the rookie camp after he was um, drafted because he's an NCAA player. But uh, let's say he wasn't. Let's say... um, um, he was he was uh, he was not in the NCAA. Would Jake Evans have been put on the first line with your two best uh, prospects? Um, no. His first year of rookie camp uh, when he was that young? No, of course not. No. Uh, this 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 has to do with um, you know trying to build some sort of marketing story for the fans and. And um, uh, I'm, I'm sure that, that Harvey Pinard uh, loved it, as he should have, uh, but it's a bit exploitive uh, in my books. And, and uh, I'd, 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 I'd like him not to get false hopes. Uh, although, you know, uh, <laughs> Connor Lacouve uh, has a contract. Certainly uh, uh, got more than, uh, than he earned. Uh, mm-hmm. last season and uh, that's certainly possible with uh, the coach who who relies more on his uh, gut as he's freely admitted than uh, than his head sometimes well with the rookie camp uh, officially in the books they played one more exhibition game today at uh, the Broussard Sports Complex against a U Sports all-star team I guess is how you could put it um and uh, the the big guns weren't playing today. Kale Fleury didn't play. Ryan Paling didn't play. Nick Suzuki didn't play. Um, so of course that left plenty of room for the Dylan Ploofs and the Harvey Penards and and um, I think Joe Cox even got a goal in there. Um, we should mention actually before we before we uh, take a, a quick break, we should mention some guys um, who perhaps. Uh, Still, still needs some work. Um, Joe Cox 
was called up from the ECHL uh, on a PTO at the end of last season in Laval. He's now uh, been awarded an AHL contract with Laval. I didn't particularly think he had a great tournament this weekend. Uh, He looked a little lost to me at times. Um, Just looking down the list, Cole Fonstad has some work to do. I think there's, he had, he had some moments of, you know, a little spark here and there, but he's got some work to do. Um, I'd like to see Alan McShane get a little more room to play his game. Yeah. I liked him too. And I I felt that he was stifled a little bit. Um, Michael Pizzetta did not, was a healthy scratch on Saturday night. And I think he made sure everyone knew that he was on the ice on Sunday. (laughs) He was mixing it up in true Michael Pizzetta style uh, from the moment he took the ice on on Sunday night. Um, Alexander Alain um, did have the only goal on Sunday night, but um, there were there were issues from last season that looked like they're already carrying over. Um, we'll, we'll know more as as training camp goes on, but. Um, thought he had some, some struggles as well. Now, and, and, and we talked about how Josh Brooke seemed to be trying to do too much all at once. Uh, and hopefully he'll get some of that out of his system and, and settle down a little bit. Yeah. Josh Brooke will be better. Alexander Land, I always notice in practice um, mm-hmm. that he doesn't give a full effort. Uh, he's um, and that sometimes happens in, uh, he disappears in games as we saw last season and, and, and then he can uh, show up as well. Um, I like Liam Hall. Uh, I thought yes, he was pretty he was good. good. I um, McShane, as you said, um, I thought I thought he was pretty good. Um, uh, Hillis as well um, is a battler. I, I, I liked him at times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's um, Gianni Fairbrother was was had some had some decent moments as well. Well, he's another one who seemed to um, uh, be trying awfully hard and and put himself. Uh, he was going for big hits and he put himself out of position, um, and then he you know carried the puck end to end and and set up a, a a scoring chance. So he he was on both sides of the ledger on the weekend, and then unfortunately yeah. um, he got hurt. Um, and left uh, the game head down the tunnel, and, and now he's uh, he's listed as as uh, as injured for training camp. He is uh, one of the tryouts that I could do with not seeing any more trying out would be Marc Olivier Clavier Morin. <laughs> um, I've I've seen all of that that I need to see. Um, the defenseman um, from Shattergate and um, whew, played in the ECHL last season, and I think that he should he should probably work on playing a little more in the ECHL this season. No offense, yeah. uh, Mark Olivier, but just he's not at that level at all. He was a, he was a train wreck, even even at a, at a rookie tournament. He he was uh, yeah, indeed he he was a train wreck. Um, Absolutely. And, and let's, for the, the Rockets' sake, uh, let's hope um, we won't be seeing uh, much of him in the lineup filling in or, or otherwise this season. No. Um, so that's kind of, you know, that's a little bit of, of the, the overall 
from what we took from from camp. Some of it is maybe opinions that you've also heard elsewhere, but I'm gonna bet that some of some of uh, our perspectives um, might be a little different from. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just the well, as you say, the memo that went around. <laughs> Um, but we are happy to talk to you about any question. If you've got specific questions about, you know, hey, what did you think of this person? Or, hey, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm hearing this about this player. What are your thoughts on it? We would love to hear from you, and we'd love to certainly interact with you um, in terms of, of passing along uh, what we were able to take in at, at the tournament. So be sure to uh, hit us up on Twitter at the AHL report. You can also head over to AHL.report uh, in both of the game recaps for the Montreal Canadiens. You can listen to the full audio from our post game interviews with Joel Bouchard, Nick Suzuki, Ryan Paling. Uh, there's an interview with Otto Leskinen uh, as well as Jake Evans. So be sure to go and listen to uh, to all of that audio uh, so that you hear directly from the coach and and some of the players. And um, yeah, now now we just uh, sit back and see what happens as as the rest of the veterans for the Montreal Canadiens now uh, descend on the city and uh, get started with training camp. Because guess what? Preseason games officially start next week next week so uh it's time to see how everyone stacks up and we're going to have uh, plenty of coverage for you on that what we are going to do is take one quick break and on the other side we're just going to chat uh, very briefly about uh some of the highlights from the beginning of the philadelphia flyers rookie camp this past weekend and uh speaking of coverage we've got some more live coverage coming for you tomorrow night wednesday night september 11th and uh, we'll tell you all about that on the other side of this break don't go anywhere from the press box is proud to be a partner of rocket sports media digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed engaged entertained and connected Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report. And watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. Welcome back to From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And don't forget, as I just mentioned before the break, we'd love to hear from you, particularly now that uh, the rookie camp is over. I'm sure you've got questions. Perhaps you got to see some or all of the games as they were streamed online and you want to talk about what you saw and, and bounce off ideas, we'd love to hear from you at the AHL Report on Twitter. You can also find Rick at All Habs and you can find me at Flyers Rule. Uh, and speaking of the Flyers, Rick, while we were busy uh, covering all the action in Belleville, uh, the Flyers took their rookies to Voorhees to the practice facility there at the skate zone. And uh, they got their rookie camp uh, underway uh, on Saturday and uh, they've 
had a few, quite a few days of uh, practice and scrimmages and things like that. Um, and some of the, some of the big names to come out of it are names that maybe we would expect. Um, and others are maybe perhaps giving, uh, giving some folks a pleasant surprise, but uh, it's, it's all starting to come together for the rookies, particularly as they call them the orange line, uh, Morgan Frost centering Isaac Ratcliffe and Joel Farabee. They sound like they're going to be quite the trio uh, if they continue to play together. Well, it's interesting because um, there's a little bit of a parallel there. Um, you look at, at Morgan Frost, um, first round pick from 2017, a playmaker. You look at Joel Farabee, um, who lots of scouts really like, um, uh, first round pick uh, uh, last year, another playmaker. And uh, when looking for a shooter to finish, um, now this is this is much like Paling and and Suzuki, um, the Flyers decided. Uh, they didn't have another first round p- pick to put there, so well, they did, but but they put a second round pick um, in Isaac Radcliffe, and um, Isaac Radcliffe, uh, of course, had a a terrific season uh, with a Gul- uh, Guelph last year, uh, fifty goal season. Uh, he's mm-hmm. a shooter. He's he's a shooter on that line, um, and uh, they they make one potent trio um, uh, between. They really do. Um, and complement each other very, very well. And uh, Coach Scott Gordon, of course, was was very impressed with all three of them. Uh, a defenseman who he was impressed with, you know, it's it's been, I don't want to say a long time coming, but it has been a, a bit of an uphill effort for Philippe Myers. Um, and last season, particularly when he got his call up to the NHL, he really started to come into his own and Scott Gordon is noticing him in very big ways at uh, this rookie camp already. um, And saying, you know what? Um, He's got a shot at, at, at actually cracking the the Flyers roster this year. Um, And Rick, when we saw anytime we saw Philippe Myers last year, you can tell that he's, he's really, um, his strength is up. His, 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 vision and abilities are up. He's, he's really come a long way. And here's a guy who is uh, a, a free agent at um, uh, there. Philippe Myers, Phil, as, as they call him, um, <laughs> uh, they did in, in, uh, in Allentown, um, six foot five, two ten, and uh, really kind of uh, got comfortable um, uh, in the in phantom lineup. And, and then, stepped in and, and, um, you know, was able to get some NHL experience last year. And now it was Chuck Fletcher uh, saying that uh, uh, Radko Gudis, uh, part of the rationale in sending uh, him off to uh, uh, Washington Capitals, not only uh, for the experience they got back in Matt Niskanen, uh, but also to open up a spot for um, Philippe Myers. Um and and that that shot that right-handed shot that he has the strength um quite a bit younger than Gudis but the strength is what uh, they wanted on that third mm-hmm. defensive pair now uh speaking of of a player who's had some up and down moments um Mikhail Vorobiev uh, who of course known known uh, by Misha uh around the organization um 
had some struggles, particularly missed some time due to injury last year. Um, and and keep in mind that uh, Vorobiev's English is still not um, strong enough to interview on his own. So he typically does interviews with the media through uh, through a translator um, and said over the weekend at rookie camp that he, he physically, he felt fine last season, even though he was out with injury for a while. Uh, but that what was really difficult for him was getting sent down to the AHL. Um, and then he, according to him, he struggled emotionally with that. Um, and Rick, that's something that we talk about quite often about how mentally that affects players getting sent down and then how they are handled when they get sent down, because you can't, you have to make sure that that's, you know, management staff, coaching staff, you know, build the player up, make sure that, you know, it doesn't break their spirit, that type of thing. And he admits that the second time, um, you know, he got the, the, the brief recalled, like he, he was able to recover a little bit faster. And so they asked him how he's feeling now. And he emphatically said in English, great. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> he's working on the English. And I, and I think it's interesting to see that he's maturing in, in, in the mental part of the game and, and understanding that it's a process and understanding that just because you're in the NHL doesn't mean you're going to stay in the NHL. You have to fight to stay there. You have to fight to maintain your position. And if you get sent down, you just have to do what you have to do to get called back up again. So, so far in camp, it looks like he's doing all of the right things. Um, and we'll see, we'll see if he has what it takes to, to make the opening night roster like he did last year. Now, here's something I think uh, where the the team has done uh, what they've needed to do, uh, and maybe the player not so much. Um, you know, he he was uh, a member of of the Phantoms 2017 18, um, and uh, the last year we noticed that that uh, the and, and we're very complimentary about the fact that the Flyers had assigned him. A mm-hmm. translator and uh, helping him with that, and uh, but yet when when being sent down during the year, as you said, he it it was an emotional uh, blow for him, and and perhaps uh, part of that uh, was the language issue, not under not fully understanding um, what it meant and 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 where he fit and and uh, worrying about whether he would would make it back, and I think. Um, you know, this is the third year now, and and he's still using a translator at uh, um, at, at uh, the training camp. I think it was incumbent upon uh, him uh, to um, to to start picking up English a little bit uh, quicker, and that would help him with that uh, yeah. an emotional adjustment to be able to uh, understand uh, directions and 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 also um, decisions. Um, that the team has to make from time to time. Absolutely. So those are just some of the, the more familiar names. Uh, there are some guys who are there on tryouts who are, who are also kind of making, making themselves known. It'll be interesting to see uh, how, how far they can take that. Um, we're happy to report that uh, now, unlike the Canadians that participate in a full rookie tournament, the Flyers, 
just do a single rookie game, and it will be the Flyers versus the Islanders. It will be held once again at the PPL Center in Allentown, which is the home of the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. That will take place tomorrow night, Wednesday, September 11th. Uh, And the AHL report will be there to cover it live. So, of course, we'll have uh, live updates throughout the game. Um, and be taking uh, all sorts of great uh, still photos. And then, of course, talking to uh, Coach Scott Gordon and some of the players after the game. And, Rick, tomorrow night's game, I think, you know, first and foremost, yeah, can't wait to see that that frost ratcliffe Farabee line. Can't wait to see how Philippe Myers is doing. We'll be watching Vorobia for sure. Um, but on the other side of the ice, the Islanders, and we've talked about this in the past, the Islanders are starting to to gather together a pretty good prospect pool, too. So this could be a very competitive game. Uh, you know, you've got guys like Kiefer Bellows, uh, Scott Ensor, um, Oliver Wallstrom, Sebastian Ajo, Noah Dobson, Bodie Wild, Parker Watherspoon, Mitch Vandesample. Uh, there are some really talented uh players on the other side of the ice that we'll be able to scout and take a look at as well. Um, So it should be a really, really exciting game. Um, I'm really looking forward to covering it. Should be a great game. Um, And uh, it's part of, of, um, uh, you know, I think uh, lots of times that um, when you're, when you're just fully into your team, you, you get a little bit of tunnel vision and, and for some fans, it's uh, I, I think that's what they're experiencing now hearing um, how good their prospects are. It's, it's nice to get out and see other teams and mm-hmm. uh, we'll do that for you. We'll, we'll report on, <laughs> on the prospects from, uh, from the flyers and, uh, and the Islanders as uh, last year, as we, we made our way around and, and, uh, and saw the different teams and, and throughout training camp and, and uh, just, just helps uh, prepare us for the the season as we go to do a bit of scouting before the season begins. Absolutely. Uh, And if you are within decent driving distance of Allentown, I highly recommend picking up tickets. Uh, They're very affordable at just $10 for the general public, I believe. So a great way to get a look at uh, some, some top prospects uh, in the mid Atlantic area. So we will, we will be there covering everything. We'll bring you all the action at the AHL report on Twitter uh, and then when we meet back here again next week, Rick, we've got uh, the results of that and we'll be full force into training camp on, and uh, I think some pre, uh, at least one preseason game will be uh, under our belts already for us to talk about. It's here. Excited that, that we're back into uh, the season already. The the summer went by quickly with, with all the other things that we were, were covering and, and, uh, but hockey's here and uh, opening night is not very far away. It's really not. It's going to be here before you know it. So be sure you're following us at the AHL Report on Twitter. That's uh, AHL Report on Facebook and Instagram. Um, You'll want to follow the All Habs uh, YouTube channel. Make sure you uh, click on that notification bell so that you're automatically notified uh, whenever uh, subscribe, but also hit that notification bell so that you know that uh, anytime that we upload a new exclusive video, because you don't want to miss those videos. Um, and then, of course, you can always find Rick on Twitter at All Habs. You can find me at Flyers Rule. And, Rick, as much as fantastic and as much fun as we have doing from the press box, this is not the only podcast available here at Rocket Sports Radio. We're just two of the voices that can be heard uh, with the Rocket Sports Media team. Um, so how, how else can folks listen to everything else we've got to offer in the land of podcasts? 
Well, first of all, go to uh, ahl.report, and that will uh, connect you with From the Press Box, uh, this podcast. Um, the other three, if you go to allhabs.net, uh, you'll be able to find uh, Hab a Listen, Habs Unfiltered, and our live podcast every Saturday uh, called The Canadian's Connection. And the other way of, of uh, if you're on the, the move and, and you want to be listening to podcasts, uh, just a search in your favorite podcast app, uh, Rocket Sports Radio, and be sure to subscribe. You'll get all four podcasts uh, delivered to you. Love it. There's something to, you know, whether it's on your commute or while you're working out or while you're cleaning the house or while you're doing some work at your desk. Uh, really great content from all four of our podcasts for you to listen to throughout the week. So don't miss them. Uh, and if you uh, perhaps took a little break from hockey or from, uh, you know, the world of the internets over the summer, uh, there's plenty there archived for you to go back and catch up on some episodes as we start to get things underway for the 2019-20 hockey season. So thank you so much for joining us today. Rick, thank you for being here. It was a, and, and thanks so much. It was a great weekend uh, covering the rookie tournament in Belleville together and uh, looking forward to lots more lots more live coverage coming up starting tomorrow have a great week and uh, we'll see you here next tuesday absolutely we'll see you next week right here on the uh from the press box right here at the ahl report and keep on wishing remember your dream is your only scheme so keep on pushing 